You are listening to The Real Men Feel Show with Andy Grant. Real Men Feel encourages men to allow and express all of their emotions. Despite what you may have been taught, all emotions do serve you. Real Men Feel is committed to engaging in discussions that most men aren't having, but you don't need to be a man to join us. The Real Men Feel Show is produced weekly for your growth and enjoyment. Listen to us on podcast platforms including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and many more. You can also watch the show on YouTube by visiting realmenfeel.org slash YouTube. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or subscribe on iTunes by visiting realmenfeel.org slash iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at realmenfeel.org and at facebook.com slash realmenfeelshow. All links mentioned in each episode are in the show notes found on the blog at realmenfeel.org. Real Men Feel is brought to you by The Good Men Project. Visit goodmenproject.com for more of the conversations no one else is having. Your reviews, comments, feedback, and participation are welcome during the live show and anytime in our Facebook group, on Twitter, or at realmenfeel.org. Now, let's get into this week's show. Hello and welcome to another edition of Real Men Feel. This is your host, Andy Grant. And you know, life is a lot better when we feel good. And part of feeling good is being fit and healthy. And despite that fact, I realized this is the first time Real Men Feel is going to focus on fitness for an entire episode. So that's uh, it's kind of exciting, kind of unique. We're also talking to two people that uh, live together in a car or something. You know, we'll figure out how that <laughs> unfolds. But, um, <laughs> But there are, there are lots of different aspects to fitness, and it can be confusing, and it can be even contradictory at times. But what we're going to focus on today is something called the mind-body melt. And while you, like me, might hope that's like a delicious, cheesy panini, I suspect it is. <laughs> and the two guys behind this are our business partners, so I'm going to introduce Mr. Dan Edelston. He's a personal trainer, author, Reiki master, and yoga instructor, as well as Rob Howitt a personal trainer, author, and corrective exercise specialist. So welcome to the show, gentlemen. Hey, Andy. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate it. So, so let's really jump in. So again, and correct me if I'm wrong, that it is not a panini. So, so what exactly <laughs> is the mind-body melt? You are 100% correct. It's not a sandwich. It does sound delicious, though. <laughs> I'm actually kind of hungry that we're talking about food. But the mind-body melt, um, quickly, it is about fitness, meditations, and affirmations. For many, many years, we had clients who would lose weight, gain it back, lose weight, gain it back. And Rob and I were having a lot of conversations as personal friends. You know, why is this? What is going on? What's the problem? As we kept diving deeper and deeper, yes, we can help change the physical. But what about the mental? What about our habits? What about our well-being? So we kind of put together a formula that is you exercise, then you meditate, and then you use affirmations. And by using all three, we started seeing our clients keep the weight off time after time, and their stress levels were significantly lowered. Yes. So is this something that, that you kind of fell in together, or was this your personal practice before you made it into something you work with clients? How did it unfold? Well, it was kind of funny, at least from my vantage point. Uh, the, the show, the NBC show, The Biggest Loser, was a bit of an inspiration for me because I would watch this with my wife and I was just fascinated by the fact that they would take individuals who were morbidly obese, put them in a controlled environment for a six week period, controlled um, as, far as, the, uh, as far as the workouts, as far as the eating, just 
structure, this constant structure, structure, structure. And these people would come out of there and they'd come to like the finale and you look at these poor individuals, you could just tell it's like, oh my God, I'm starving. I need to eat something. Please, please throw me some pasta, throw me a pizza, whatever. And at the end of it, they would win. Now I told my wife, I said, you know, they really should have a show after the fact, you know, what happens after this all and guess what? That's what they did. They had this show. And this guy who'd lost like 300 pounds, he was a deli owner. And he said, we're going to his house. And it was a total setup. They had the camera come in. Guy went to the door, knocks on the door, opens the door, peers out. The guy had actually gained back all the weight and then some, like 50 pounds. Oh. And so I start to think, and Dan, I think, can echo this. It's not really about the physical aspect of it. It's all about the emotional and the mental component. Absolutely. And every time we would go out, or at least I would go out to Barnes and Noble or at the time Borders Books, you would see everything that was either focused on the physical. Here's your workout. This workout's going to help you lose weight, blah, blah, blah. This workout's going to change your life. Mm -hmm. And then on the opposite end of the aisle, you would have all the mind books. You know, be a better person. You can do it. You're good enough. You're smart enough. Gosh, darn it. People like you. Not to still Stuart Smalley's thunder by any means. Um, and we thought, why not, you know, the cross juxtaposition of both things, mm -hmm. mind and body, because there's obviously more to it than just one component or the other component. Mm. It's got to be both things morphing together. And hence, that's how the melding or the melting came together in our concept. Cool. Exactly. And 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 prior to the prior to this discovery and realization, were were you both meditators and and affirmators? I don't know if there's a <laughs> noun for that. A nice word. I like that. So yes and no. Um, from our backgrounds, we met as personal trainers, and Rob was kind of my fitness mentor. I didn't really know too much about it, but he kind of took me under his wings. I learned a lot on that end. That's news to me, by the way. <laughs> a mentor to anybody? Wow. So he was my mentor somehow. Um, but I was really into meditating and affirmations for many years. Um, I started when I was 15, um, just to control stress from school, just to feel more confident, things like that. And so when we came together, um, I was kind of weaker on the fitness side. And then Rob is actually really weaker on the <laughs> emotional and mental side. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm slightly better at this point, I think. <laughs> yeah, and so we even read about it in the book. Um, you know, Rob is super stressed. You know, he was training so many clients a day that he was just getting stressed out. And he can tell you more about that. And so we talk about in the book, um, you know, one day I said, hey, why don't you just try a meditation? And so we did a workout and then we went through a meditation. And just you want to talk about how much better you felt after that? It was, it was actually life affirming, believe it or not, not to sound hokey, but just the fact that I was able to slow down my thoughts and control things through breathing breathing techniques, uh, clearing my mind, if you will, but not completely clearing it out and not completely focusing on one thing. That sounds contradictory, but it makes sense. Dan will explain that. At the end of it, I just felt like I, I was in a state of contentment as opposed to, I think that's part of my personality is to be kind of fired up and maybe on the edge and tense and maybe it's you know from childhood it's from you know emerging into adulthood if you will and just being able to do something as simple as that over say a 10 minute period just kind of cleared the decks for me hmm. emotionally 
and, and mentally. And, um, it, it did, it, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was life affirming for me because I think like anything like hypnosis, like any type of thing that is perceived as being out of the norm, you have to first approach it with a level of acceptance or you have to submit to it. And I was willing to do that because I inherently trusted Dan. Um, when we met and we started training, Dan was one of the few individuals that I met that was not an alpha male in the traditional sense of the word. He wasn't trying to one-up me. He wasn't competing mm. with me. So I was able to kind of surrender to him because there was that inherent trust. Mm. And you don't meet too many people where you connect and you click with like that. I think in your lifetime, you're lucky to meet one. If you meet more than one, then I think it's a bonus. So I think that's important as well. I think it's important that the individual that you're working with is somebody that you have a trusting relationship with. So um, from my vantage point, I, I think, I think it did make a, a difference. I think initially before that, I was probably a skeptic. I was like, mm, this meditation stuff, this, you know, hocus pocus, I don't think this will work. And then when you, when, when it actually does happen and then you add in the affirmations to it, you truly become a believer and it, and it does change your perspective on things. So, so that experience, that first meditation, that was truly your first meditation ever? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yes. All right. So then, so I, then I, this. I danced around with it in the past, but I didn't really know what I was doing. I really mm -hmm. need somebody who had the pro proper protocol to kind of guide me into it on a one-on-one -on -one basis. I think I'd been in group situations where somebody said, just close your eyes and just think of something pastoral. Think of something. And, you know, it's too generic at that point because you're definitely not thinking of something pastoral. You're thinking to yourself, okay, what am I going to have for lunch today? Um, okay. I have to go meet somebody. I have to do this to be able to kind of disassociate yourself, but still focus and be in the moment is so important. And, and to have the right person who, who's, who's actually, um, who's actually guiding you makes all the difference in the world. So, so okay, that, so that, that was, was that defining moment for me. One of the questions I, I had was, are these meditation techniques, are, are they accessible to people that haven't had experience? So obviously it seems yes. Yeah. And I think, I think Dan can also speak to that as well. Mm. So. All right. So, so is there a specific technique? Are you melding different aspects of meditations? Is it, is it meditating just about your exercise? Can you explain that more? Absolutely. Fantastic question. So typically with meditation, what I've seen is a lot of people struggle with it because the mind is racing so much. And when we use exercise first and then meditate, it makes it a lot easier. Um, we kind of got the idea, you know, initially from yoga. That's how I first found the idea that I uh, meditate after exercise, because in yoga, it's a really tough, challenging exercise workout you do then your mind's clear and you can relax. Same thing in martial arts. Mm -hmm. A lot of times you'll have a really tough ass kicking workout and then the instructor will talk to you about, you know, something deep with life. And so why not apply the exact same thing to fitness? Mm -hmm. Rob's first experience, we did a body scan meditation. And I really like those because for people who have really active minds, you're able to still kind of keep your mind active by going, you know, feet to head or head to feet. Your mind is still working but at a slower pace. And so the more you do it, you kind of gradually decrease the racing thoughts. Um, I think our body scan meditation the first time was about 10 minutes. 
And, you know, those first few minutes, your kind of your mind's going, it's going. But when you finally get to your head and relax, that's when you have that subtle um, drop off. And I equated to, for those people who do drink, kind of almost like having a buzz without alcohol. Hmm. I think a lot of people drink to take the edge off, but you can get that same edge off just from meditating. Cool. And so what about the affirmations aspect? Because I mean, if you're resistant to me- if you're resistant to meditation, I imagine you're resistant to affirmations too. Was that your experience, Rob? <laughs> yeah. Once again, it was, you know, hocus pocus. <laughs> it's like, what do you mean? I have to write things down. Um, the affirmation thing actually came to the forefront for me um, through a gentleman. Uh, it's a shameless plug. He probably doesn't even, isn't aware that we exist, but this gentleman <laughs> by the name of Frederick Learman. <laughs> who um, we thought was kind of a quack, <laughs> but I, I bought his uh, DVDs and I would play him in the car and he would talk about affirmations and about writing things down and writing them over and over and over. And every morning you would wake up and write this affirmation down and it would, you know, come true basically. And, you know, obviously I'm a, I'm a pragmatist. So I'm thinking to myself, well, I don't think it's actually going to come true because of my background, my upbringing. But he truly puts you in a sense of mentally where you should be. So it's really about taking out those bad thoughts and replacing them with positivity. And I think that's a step towards getting towards your goals. Um, So I started actually adopting it at that point. Uh, Dan, um, I was so impressed by this gentleman. I gave Dan the DVDs as well. And to this day, he's still writing things out. He, he actually has his little, um, his little um, oh, yeah. yellow, yellow patty where he writes it out over and over and over. No work and all play or no uh, play and all work makes Jack a dull boy. You know, it's kind of like the shining <laughs> and all the writings are going down and he's do, 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 do. And, um, you know, I, I still do that to a certain degree as well. Uh, especially if I'm starting to feel down or feeling negative about certain things, which um, it's easy to get caught up in that, especially in this day and age, you know, you kind of, kind of get sucked into the vortex. So if you have that moment where you can actually focus on something, it might be a saying, it might be some, it might, it might be a phrase, it might be a paragraph, but if you write that out, it more or less assimilates into your, into your thought processes. So, um, the meditation thing, I was probably a little bit more skeptical about the affirmations I was already starting to come on board with. And then obviously when we thought about combining the two along with the physical component, uh, it just seemed like, uh, seemed like, a no brainer, a no brainer. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Absolutely. Yeah. I've, I've, uh, I, so I, I learned about affirmations from Louise Hay and she calls mm-hmm. running down, like working your affirmations and yeah. And I still do that daily. And, mm-hmm. but yeah, people, people told me to do it for years and yeah, I was like, that's nonsense. That's ridiculous. And you know, it's right. not going to make anything happen, but then I did it and yeah, I had the experience like, wow, like this does do something pretty cool. But, uh, but yeah, that's neat to, to combine it all. So uh, are your affirmations specific to routines and fitness or they, can they be whatever the client is after? How, how does that really work? The affirmations can be anything toward the client is after. I actually have a really cool story on affirmations. Um, I was training this woman. And house client, same kind of thing, yo-yo diet. She lose weight, she gain it back, she lose weight. We started doing the meditation that would help reduce her stress. So training her for about seven years, and we just had this constant yo-yo dieting, yo-yo weight loss thing going on. And as a trainer, you sometimes fail, you can fail like a failure if you keep seeing a client 
have this constant weight change. And you know, it's partly you, you know, it's mostly them and their thought processes. But we had a conversation one day and she said that as a child, she was nine years old and she remembers this moment very strongly. Her older sister looked at her and said, you'll always be fat and you'll always be ugly. And so from a young age, that was just pounded into her subconscious mind. And so subconsciously, she lose the weight, but then her subconscious would kick in and say, hey, nope, you're fat, you're ugly. And she put the weight back on. Um, I'm like, wow. In that moment, I could instantly see what we put in our subconscious mind, what we say to ourselves can really affect our lives. She was nine years old at the time. She was 45 and this was still happening for her. So I thought, huh, okay, what can we do with the affirmations? So with our clients, there's a couple options. They could repeat the affirmation in their head. They could record themselves saying it, which is really powerful hearing your own voice with the affirmations, or they can write it down. Um, you know, seeing it and writing it, that tactile feel of all that. But to answer your question, the affirmations themselves, it's really what they're looking to do or become. Um, we found the most success with saying, if the client's trying to lose weight, I am well on my way, I'm successful on my journey to losing weight. We found some resistance when a client will say, I am my ideal weight, and they're not, because they're still wrestling, they can still see the number on the scale, and they're not a full believer. But we, what we try to put them on the path of is, I am on my way, I am close to getting to this ideal weight. And that's when it's a lot less resistance, and the affirmations are overall um, more powerful. Cool. Yeah. So I, I don't know if you realize it, but I have two books on affirmations. And if, if you ever state something that, oh, it's just not true. And it kicks all the resistance. It just, just add willing. And it just to soften mm -hmm. it, like, like you're finding I'm on the journey, I'm on the path, right? I'm willing to be whatever I want to be. And yeah, that makes it much more digestible for someone that's just so programmed against, against where they really want to go. That's, that's really cool that you found that. Um, so, so to the workout aspect, are, are the workouts um, kind of a traditional personal training routine with weights or, or what are they like? I'll let you into that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Defer to me. Back to the body. <laughs> well, well, the funny thing is I, I think initially, Andy, when, when we all start training, you know, we take a traditional outlook. When I, when I started training, it was probably around 14, 15 years old. And the tradition is to go to the gym um, you're going to lift with weights. It's going to be the obligatory three sets, 10 to 12 reps, 12 to 15 reps, rest after that, go back, rinse, wash, repeat type of thing. And the thing that I found over time, and this was going into my thirties was that I would spend an inordinate amount of time at the gym. And the result that I was getting was less than satisfactory. I wasn't, I wasn't improving. I wasn't making progressions. I wasn't, I didn't see differences in my body. Plateaued too. I plateaued. So um, I started taking a different approach. Um, uh, I, I, I started looking at different alternatives as far as training. And really what it came down to is as from my own vantage point, and even when I was training people is I'm God awful with numbers. I can't remember anything. I think it's the ADHD kicks in and it's like, wasn't that the 12th rep? And it's like, mm, just keep going. I could not keep track of that. And it was to me, I think what it was, was it was just a put off to me. It was a turn off because I, I was bored. I was disengaged. And Unfortunately, when you do that, it reflects itself with your clients as well. Mm -hmm. So I thought there's got to be a better way. And I started to do some research. 
and I discovered something called HIT, which is an acronym for high intensity interval training. And what the concept about, behind that is, is basically um, you're doing short bursts of exercise followed by a short rest period. So it can, it can, you can utilize in a lot of different ways. Our workouts happen to be body weight based. We, you could utilize small weights, but the, the, the fact of it is, is that we want you to kind of um, get away from the whole gym concept, the big box gym concept, and not be um, obligated to do that. Mm. Oh, I have to go to the gym. I have to do this. I have to do that. Because invariably what happens is um, I'm driving to the gym. Oh my God, I forgot my shoes. Oh my God, I forgot my shorts. Oh my God, I can't find parking. Oh God, Seinfeld's on. Oh, I haven't <laughs> seen that episode. I've seen it 10 times, but I haven't seen it in a while. Oh, I'm hungry. And then boom. <laughs> You know, it just, you know, oh, I'll get to the gym tomorrow. And then it starts that cascade of never going to the gym again. So we want to give people kind of the no excuse type of workout to say, you can do this anywhere. You can still watch Seinfeld. You can just do it, move the coffee table, do the workout here. So it, we want to make it easy. We want to make it compact. So it's time-based. So typically, say if you're going to do a progression of workout, of, of exercises, You'll do something for 30 seconds, rest for 10, something for 30, rest for 10, something for 30, rest for 10. And then you may take an, a minute break and then repeat the, the sequence again two more times. In the two subsequent sequences, though, you're going to change that particular exercise to make it progressive. So it might be a push-up the first time or you push up on your knees. The second time, it's a military-style push-up. The third time, it's going to be a Spider-Man push-up. So what you're doing is you're pushing the body to outdo itself, to continue to make progress, to get stronger, to build your endurance, mm -hmm. coupled with the fact that you're going to continuously be moving, so your metabolic rate is going to just kick in. And it's just going to burn, 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 burn calories. Plus, it's a compact workout. You can do this workout between 30 to 45 minutes. And in some instances, if you employ Tabata-style training, as little as four minutes, you can do a workout. That's, uh, scientifically, they've shown that it will have the same effect as walking on a treadmill for 45 minutes. Hmm. So we're trying to make it progressive in nature. We're trying to make it compact and simple so we're basically taking all the excuses away and we're doing it in a way that because it is progressive anybody can do it you can start at any level and not feel intimidated if you don't want to go to the umph degree with the push-ups stay on your knees do what you can do that's what it's about continue to move continue to make progress you will make progress over time so um, that that's basically the, the philosophy behind it when it comes down to it. And like I said, it's, it's great because you can do a myriad of different body weight exercises. You just will never run out of those options. Cool. And so you mentioned Tabata and, and I've done workouts that are were called hit workouts and grit workouts and Tabata workouts. And so, so what is the difference from, from, from the hit routine you described to Tabata? Okay. So, the Tabata is specifically a, a measured time. It's 20 seconds on with a 10 second rest period. Okay. And it's for eight rounds. So it's specifically measured 20 seconds work, 10 second rest, mm -hmm. eight rounds, four minutes. That's technically what Tabata is. Hit can come in a variety of different 
things. You can go on for 45 seconds work with a 15 second rest period. You can, um, you can do two minutes, you can do four minutes, you can do 16, 20, 20 24 minutes. So it really, you can vary up the hit um, if you feel that, God forbid, you're getting into a lull or you're kind of starting to bog down a little bit. But the thing to keep in mind is the hit workouts that we espouse are not something that ideally you should do every day. I mean, you should be doing them maybe three to four times a week and then mixing it up on the other days with other activities. Like, you know, you shouldn't be working out in front of a TV. You should get outside, maybe go for a walk, ride a bike, play with your kids, you know, mix it up and do other things, other things that are fun as well, because we don't want to make it purgatory for you. We don't want to be like, oh my God, I got to do my workout again. We want you to look forward to the workouts. And because they're so quick, they go by so quickly. It's really something that is more bite-sized, not to not to bring food into the scenario, but it, it but it's more it's more uh, compact and controllable, and I think that's what it all comes down to. People have have compelled or need that feel for control. Um, a lot of times when you go to the gym, you lose all control because you walk in there and everybody's buff and everybody's beautiful, and it's like I shouldn't even be here. And oh my god, I forgot my shoes again. Oops, wait, I gotta go out to the car. I forgot that. Oh, there's a Snickers bar. Ooh. Okay, now I'm just driving away from the gym. Well, I made it to the gym. I didn't get into the gym, but I made it there. So good for me. I'm I'm gonna do better next time. Next time, I'm actually gonna walk through the front doors and I'm actually going to get on a treadmill or or or, or what have you. So um, we we want to make it a no excuse experience and we want to be able to diversify it enough so that it does keep people's interest hmm. cool so so the exercise gets changed up do the meditations and affirmations change each routine as well ah great question so we try to customize it toward the individual's need um, some of your listeners out there might love a body scan meditation where you're relaxing feet ankles legs all the way up some people want to go on a journey um, some people just want to focus on their breath and seeing, you know, knowing yourself, that age old adage, know yourself. Do you want variety or would you like the exact same thing over and over again? Personally, I like the same kind of meditation experience. So I want to see how deep I can go with it. I know Rob's more on the variety side. He likes to mix it up with the body scan, with the breath, with the journey. Definitely what works for you is ideal and as a trainer you get to know your clients more what they like what they don't like um, so i might have one session where i'm guiding the client the whole time with a breathing exercise sometimes they want to go on their own journey i'm just sitting there holding space for them totally up to you and what you want to do cool cool and is the only way to to do this routine to do to practice the mind body melt to to see one of you in, individually or ha have you be my personal <laughs> trainer well, we're always in the yes. car, so we can drive and see. <laughs> yes, yes, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> no, so we actually have free workouts on YouTube. Um, a lot of follow-along workouts, a couple of follow-along meditations and affirmations on our YouTube channel, The Mind Body Melt. Um, we also have a paid program on our website, themindbodymelt.com. That's a six-week follow-along course where you get the workout with Rob or myself, and that includes the workout a meditation and an affirmation in each video. Um, I think it's $7.99 a month right now. We lowered the price uh, for your listeners and for everyone else out there. And really, it's just a great follow along experience. Takes you through every exercise. It's very progressive. And uh, one of the small things is um, 
when we were filming the video, so we had a yoga mat. <laughs> Yeah, and we could not keep this yoga mat down. It would just keep rising up and up and up. So the workouts are fantastic, but you might see us constantly pulling on a yoga mat, adjusting it over and over and over again. <laughs> so that's not part of the routine. We don't need to do that at home. No. <laughs> it's it's more for entertainment value. Just to watch us get flustered with the yoga mat, uh, with our uh, uh, constant bow with the yoga mat, if you will. Cool. Cool. And, and, and again, what I like about this is that you, you don't need to go to the gym, but you can do it at home. You could do it on the road, hotel, visiting friends and relatives, any, anything goes. Exactly. Yeah. And we, we tell our clients too, around this time of year, um, whenever listening to this podcast, right now we're around Thanksgiving, the holidays are the most stressful time for so many reasons. You know, it could be unresolved childhood issues. It could be so much travel it could be almost too much time with your family which you're not used to <laughs> this is the time of year where we highly recommend people make sure you're exercising make sure you're meditating and you know speaking hot, kindly of yourself with your affirmations um no time more than ever is it more essential so is there anything extra people should do around the holidays or just just to don't forget about yourself just keep whatever you're doing going definitely the mindfulness keep what you're doing keep it going um, we do kind of a little holiday survival guide we talk about, and that is because it is such a stressful time. If you're working out two times a week, try to make it three. Try to add on just a little bit more so you're more accountable. There are so many temptations. Um, I actually was at a holiday party last week, a pre-early holiday party, and the food looked amazing. And, you know, your willpower is only so strong. So making sure you're on top of your exercise, um, trying to be in a different room from where the food is, <laughs> is ideal. Uh, depending on the activity or the event you're at is essential, um, you know, limiting the drinking. It's a time where it's, it's a festive time. It's joyous. We want to have fun. You know, we're around people usually we love and we care about and we're having fun, but just trying to make the right choices, being mindful, um, keeping exercising, but the meditation, especially I would say mm -hmm. helps you just center. So you can actually catch yourself when you have self-defeating habits popping up and those negative thoughts. So do you find your clients, once they get used to the routine and using affirmations and, and the meditations, are they able to kind of use those at other times in their life and, and at the party in front of the, in front of the holiday buffet? Can they just get quiet and centered and get the power to walk away? Or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, I think it's a, almost a, a subliminal thing where it's like it just kicks in. You know, it's like muscle memory. Mm -hmm. It's just basically, it just happens. It's like nothing that they have to think about. I've, I've actually had clients come back to me and say, I went to this big party and there was food everywhere. And you know what? You would have been so proud of me. I walked away. I had maybe one little piece and I walked away. And um, in our previous experiences, I mean, we, we'd, um, we'd employed um, uh, weight loss programs through the, through the facility that we worked at. And we were both highly successful with it because I think that we added our own little touches to it with the meditations and the affirmations. So even though they had a food program that was part of it, which is important as well. I mean, if, but if you can reinforce that with the meditations and the affirmations, we would have incredible success with, with some of our clients and we would routinely win these contests. <laughs> it was Dan and me. It was like one A, one B, one A, one B. 
it's like, oh, Dan, oh, I won this time. I'm like, oh, okay, next time. And then I wouldn't win the next time, and Dan would be like, oh, okay, next time. But we had this healthy little competition going on with our clients, uh, unbeknownst to them, because it was like we were employing these other attributes. They probably thought that that was part of the program mm -hmm. itself, but that was, you know, that was strictly the food part of the program, which in one in by itself is not going to be successful. Um, I have a friend of mine, I have a funny story. Um, we were out in Vegas actually last June and a friend of mine uh, was on the keto diet, which is an extreme diet. And we're not big proponents of anything that's extremism in any way, shape mm -hmm. or form. But unfortunately what happens is people just get desperate and he needed to lose about 75 pounds. So we're out in Vegas, we're out in this restaurant uh, we're watching, uh, I think, the hockey playoffs were on. So Vegas was in the finals. So everybody was going crazy. And, and he's sitting there and he can't eat anything on the menu. And I said, boy, you picked the wrong time to start this extreme diet. You can't drink. You can't eat. You can't do any. No sugar, no flour, no nothing. And he's sitting there. And he goes, I'm just going to sit here and eat my chicken wings. He goes, and he's you know, kind of full of himself. He goes, I don't need anything else. I'm just going to eat these chicken wings. Young waitress comes by and says, boy, you know what would be good with those chicken wings? She goes, we have our special sauce that you can put them in. And he, really? Yeah, you should try it. So he tries it. Mm, this is good. Puts the wings in there. She mixes them up. All of a sudden, he's voraciously eating these wings. He can't get enough of them. He's like, and he goes, these are great. I can't stop. And I go, you know why you can't stop? I go, because you're consuming sugar. He's what? He's got the sauce dripping down his face, and he's like, <laughs> like that. It's like foiled again. But it's like it just goes to show you that if you have one component and you don't have the other components in place or aligned, mm -hmm. it's almost impossible to stick with anything. Mm -hmm. And when you, whenever you see diet, for instance, and this is kind of off a of jag here, just just looking at diet, it says diet within the word. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about that. A diet is not something that's sustainable. It's not a lifestyle thing. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we, we touch upon the book in the book um, about food. I mean, we're not nutritionists per se, but we talk about little tricks of the trade that you can do to kind of help further you along as far as, um, as, far as trying to stay on course. Because the food is an, a huge part of it. I mean, you can, you can have the workouts, you can have the meditations, the affirmations, all of that. If, if, you're, if, you're, if your diet isn't clean, or if you're trying to work out, outwork your diet, it's never going to happen. 80% of it is probably your diet when it comes down to it. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, I, Dan, Dan can probably speak to some of the uh, tricks of the trade or some of, the, some of the advice that we give in the book as far as um, what to do with food. Like I said, we're not nutritionists per se. We don't give you the breakdown of things, but we just give you simple, doable um, routines or, or little tricks that, that, you can, that can help you on a day-to-day -day basis. And, and again, it's, it's lifestyle. It, it's things you can go do all the time, not just how to eat three times a week or anything like that. Exactly. Cool. So your listeners might be wondering, you know, what do you do for food? Because a lot of us have tried diets and maybe have failed. We know people have tried diets. And they're all, and like Rob said, they're all so extreme. So what do you do? And honestly, it's really about habits and modifications. Uh, speaking to a nutritionist last week, she said her biggest piece of advice is, you know, where are some of our habits? Everything we do daily is 90% unconscious or subconscious, and especially when it comes to food. 
So the biggest thing we tell our clients is start with your habits for a week, write down what you're eating, when you're eating it, what you're feeling when you're eating it. Because sometimes eating is emotional. We eat for emotional reasons. Sometimes, you know, you have to be at work at eight. So you grab a banana or you grab whatever it is in the morning, a yogurt, and you go to work and you eat that. Really looking at yourself and what your eating habits are is critical just to understand your foundation. Um, before we can even give tips, you want to look at your foundation because you might have to rebuild it. It might be a really poor foundation and you want to just make sure you're solid in terms of understanding what you're doing and why you're doing it. And once you get to that point, then you can add the, the tricks and the tips. So uh, tip number one for anyone out there is when you have a plate, you know, a circle plate or a square plate now, I'm sure they have different styles of plates. Out, oblong. Out, oblong. <laughs> triangle plates, oh. whatever it is. <laughs> exactly. Um, make at least half of your plate some sort of green vegetable. Um, and at first it sounds like, oh, I might not like vegetables. I'm not really sure. If you make 50% of your plate vegetables and eat that first, you're sending a couple things to your body and to your mind. First, you're saying is, you know what? I'm eating healthy. If I want to eat anything else, I have to eat healthy first. Your body will kind of fight this for a while. Your mind will fight it for a while. Over time, it just becomes a habit. Second thing is when you're eating those green vegetables first, typically you get fuller faster. So even if you do want to eat something that's not as healthy on your plate, you won't eat as much of it. So what we're trying to do is gradually just decrease your habits instead of saying, you know what, no more carbohydrates. Because when people go extreme, at least from our experience, they're gonna, they don't have the foundation in place, they don't have the mindset in place, and they're going to fall back on old habits, like your friend in the chicken wings and just oh. self-sabotaging himself or whatever it might be. Have, have both of you guys always been been fit and healthy and conscious of your eating habits? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, We're perfect. <laughs> no, I mean, I was a kind of a pudgy kid growing up, and I was kind of um, uh, in an enabled environment, if you will. And this is uh, and now I'm going to lie on the couch now and going <laughs> to help me, Andy. You're going to. You're going to give me my therapy that I need. Um, when I was growing up, I usually would come home after school and I would watch uh, a collection of different shows. I was a TV kid, as, as most of us were. I think I would watch The Munsters or something <laughs> like that. And my mother would just give me any type of food that I wanted, be it Big Wheels, Ho-Hos, Devil Dogs, you name it. So I went through a period of time where I was heavy. And then to complicate things you know, you're getting, you're, you're being enabled by an adult and then told in the same breath, what's wrong with you? Why are you so fat? So you're getting these conflicting messages. Um, the thing that really inspired me was I read a sports illustrated article about Herschel Walker, the football player, and he won the Heisman trophy. I think he was famous because he went to the USFL and he played for Donald Trump's team or something, the generals, but then he went back to the uh, NFL and he played, he had a successful career, played for the Cowboys and for the Vikings. Um, but his, his whole thing was when he was growing up, he was kind of a pudgy kid. He wasn't, he wasn't um, popular and he took it upon himself to get into shape. He was one of these kids that had that a unique ability to will himself to do things. So he would do push-ups, sit-ups, and sprints. And he did this from the time he was 14 years old up until, well, to this day. That's been his workout. He doesn't work out in the weight room. And one year he did, he, he estimates he, he did over a million push-ups. 
so he would he would he would be watching tv and during a commercial break he would get down and just pump out like 10 20 push-ups and then the next commercial break he would do 10 20 sit-ups and i saw this and i was just fascinated by it so i started to kind of assimilate his program and that kind of got me into the mindset of you know it wasn't even about the physicality of it it was about the ability to see something see a goal and do it and attain it and i think that there was much more to it than that it wasn't just purely the physical component of it uh, later on i started getting into the weights because it made me feel good um aesthetically you start to look good as well when you're younger and you're a kid and you're trying to appeal to the opposite sex you know, having muscles, it's a nice thing. You know, girls were starting to pay attention. So um, it was something that carried over. But as I got older, it's just, it was more about feeling good about myself. So there was, um, there was the physical component, but then there was the emotional component of it. And I think I carry that to this day. I mean, I'm dating myself from 52 years old, but if I miss a workout, I'm just not the same person. So it might be the combi combination of the release of endorphins. It might be just um, a placebo effect, if you will. But it's so ingrained in me at this point that I can't understand when I see somebody and it's like they say, well, I don't work out. I don't do this. I don't do that. I'm like, how, how do you get through your life without just going into a complete tailspin? I truly believe that training saved me from God knows what. I don't know if Dan can attest to that, but um, a, a fitness lifestyle or a healthy lifestyle to me is just mandatory. It's, it's, it's absolutely essential for me to, to, to live my life. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I have a, I have a great story about um, the importance of exercise and eating too. So talking to a person, um, one of my clients actually, and he was saying, you know, sometimes I feel like the only reason I have my body is to carry my head around. And what he meant by that was he's, um, he's, he's definitely an intellectual. He's a professor. And so he's really in his head all the time. And he just started working out. He's a new client of mine. And he said how, just, how good it felt to see back in his body. Because during the day, he's always in his head in meetings, in lectures, reviewing papers, on conference calls all the time. So the importance of having that mind-body connection is essential. Um, I grew up a very skinny kid, but with poor nutrition. And so I learned that, you know, eating healthy is important because it gives you energy, um, energy. And just for me, it helped me put on some muscle when Rob started eating healthy, it helped him lose weight. So it's interesting to see when you start eating healthy, what it can do for you. And then, yeah, like Rob was saying, the discipline, just being in, working out gets you more grounded overall. I think a lot of us, as I was saying about uh, the professor, you know, we live in our heads, especially in this culture. Everything is very intellectual. Everything is very um, technology driven. And so we're not in our bodies. And for me, the mind body melody, it encompasses so much, but exercising is essential just to get our energy back into our bodies so we can have that mind body connection. Yeah. And right, um, for, the, for the past week, I was up in Canada at, at six days of, the, of a healing academy, uh, giving and receiving energy healings, you know, eight hours a day for six days straight. And every night, they, the teachers told us, go home and exercise, right? So to get back in your body and, and integrate and, and bring it all into you. So, so yeah, everything you're hitting on and saying from your experience, I totally resonate with and, and certainly agree with. Um, so that's, uh, that's really cool. And, uh, and I always like to, I, I find if, if I'm 
learning something from from anyone and it's always just been well i've always been fit and buff and i was just born this way it, it's tougher to it's tougher to me to to learn from them it, but when when you've right. gone through the trouble and you know the challenges of what you're sharing with people I, I think that helps you relate better to your clients too yeah and i think you just hit on something really important andy is the fact that this our program is not about getting buff it's not a, it's about being the best person that you can be. It's about having the best body that you have. Mm. So we would never body shame somebody. You know, somebody comes out and it's just like, well, I lost 40 pounds. It's like terrific. You know what? You've, you've won. You, you have succeeded. Now it's just a matter of continuing and maintaining those good healthy habits. I, I think unfortunately what happens is we, we, we've just bombarded by um, media uh, and about social conformity and about how you should be looking. You look at all the different covers of magazines and we all fall, I think, victim to it. It's like, look at that guy. It's like, I, I saw a cover of, I think, Antonio Brown on the cover of Men's Fitness and they showed him stretched out reaching for a ball and he had just, he just had no shirt on. And I'm just looking at the sirations and, and I'm looking at everything and I'm like, Jesus, I wish I looked like that. And then I realized, well, there's somebody, the wonders of CGI and the wonders of somebody editing and doing this and doing that to make it look like that body beautiful, that ideal. And that's what everybody's aspiring to. And I think that's what keeps people on one hand motivated, but on the other hand is so discouraging to a lot of people because they're like, oh, I'll never look like that. No, you probably won't because, you know, as much as Antonio Brown has probably incredible genetics and he trains in a certain way that and has access to facilities that you don't um, on the same on the same basis to, you, you can you can be the best person that you can be within the confines of your body mm -hmm. because everybody's different. Mm -hmm. Everybody's going to look different. Um, it's how you feel about yourself at the end of the day. So speaking of that, we actually have a chapter in our book. It's called uh, Mirror, Mirror on the Wall. And I would say, you know, nothing's really a secret, but if we're going to say it's a secret in the fitness world, you have to be happy with where you are today, no matter how you look or feel, if you ever want to maintain and really enjoy yourself once you reach your goal. Um, you have to look yourself in the mirror and really just be happy with what you are. Realize you're more than just skin and bones. You know, you have a, a soul inside you, you have an energy inside you. And when you can realize that and just be happy now, you will be ha just, just as happy then. Cause a lot mm -hmm. of us say, you know, in the future, when I lose 20 pounds, then I'll be happy. Then I'll, you know, I'll get the girl, I'll get the guy, whatever it might be. Um, life will be good. Then if you make your life good today, you can still go for your goal and attain it, but realize at the end of that road, you're going to be the exact same way if you don't change how you feel today. So that we feel is like essential mm -hmm. on this journey. And I imagine that's going to be why the meditations and affirmations part of this are really what makes this so transformational. Exactly. Mm -hmm. If turning the outside in. Yeah. Mm. Which is really powerful. Right. And when, if, if, if I can love myself as a fat slob, then I can have the, the will and the goals and the mindset to go and change that and still love myself. It's not, that's, you're, not, you're not trying to change your inner world by changing how you look. You're still the same person. In the way that you project to people, you're still the same person. Maybe people respond to you differently. Maybe they're more encouraging maybe um especially i mean women my god um they live in we live in such a society where looks um and appearance are so 
you know, revered and you're put up on a pedestal. And it's like, you know, the, the classic ugly duckling where the woman is this weight and then she loses all the weight and some guy comes up to her and says, hey, who are you? It's like, I'm Melissa, I'm the same person. You know, and I've always been that same person. I've always been that kind-hearted, warm person, but now you're perceiving me in a different way because of my outward appearance. And um, I, I think I mean, f men fall into the trap as well. It's not just women. I think it's equal opportunity at this point in our mm -hmm. society. But women have really taken the brunt of it, I think, over time. And, um, and you know, we're trying to change that uh, little by little to be able to say, hey, look, be happy with who you are and the person that you are. Like Dan said, losing the additional 20 pounds isn't the make or break with you. You losing the 20 pounds is the sense of achievement of I set a goal for myself and I did it. And now I'm going to maintain that. And because it makes me feel better about myself, mm -hmm. I look better and I feel better. And that plays into it all mm. as a totality. It, it's, not, it's not just about hitting that goal because there's always going to be another goal after that. Right. You know, yeah. you never, you never should plateau and say, Oh, hit my 20 pounds. I'm done here. Right. It's, it's, you know, the, it's, it, it's the constant journey and the constant path that, the, that we're on. So. Right. When, when you, when you find yourself that you're living your dreams, it's past time to make a new dream. Yeah. It's, we're all about right. moving forward and growing and changing. Cool. And, and I wonder if, uh, have you seen in the success of your clients, has it mattered if they've already had experience with meditation and affirmations or the even better if they don't have experience? Is that showing up in any sort of breakdown? That can be a double-edged sword. Um, sometimes it's great. Actually, if they've had zero experience because they can be more open-minded to it. It's their mm -hmm. first time. Every once in a while, if a client has had experience meditating already, um, they might have their way of doing things and they might not be as open. Uh, mm -hmm definitely a case by case basis as as a trainer and teaching someone how to meditate it's really fun to get somebody new just to really blow their mind it's kind of like that emoji with the head popping off uh <laughs> just completely blowing their mind open up to a whole new world but for someone who's open-minded and has meditation experience you can kind of just take them on a slightly different route and really that exercise component um just really getting them outside their head into their body will just make that meditation experience so much easier cool cool and uh you know there's one more question i really have to ask rob and and that's like what it was what was it like to go to high school with me <laughs> <laughs> that was like the, the emoji again <laughs> <laughs> the first thing i said to dan was i said did he say I was a nice person? Because it's like, I, this has been happening to me over and over and over. I think I have the onset of early stage Alzheimer's because somebody ran into me at Trader Joe's the other day. And she said, I went to college with you, Rob. And I bet you don't remember me. And I'm like, I have no idea who you are. But at least I'm honest about it. And it, apparently, and it's starting to dawn on me that we were in band together, weren't we? Yep. Yep, that's what I remembered. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I, I was in the woodwind section. Yeah. So I was, I was, I was, I wasn't one of the cool kids. So. <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah. So it, for just to let everyone in on the story, you know, I, 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 I met Dan and we're talking to Dan about being on the show and he had a, said he had a partner and said Rob Howitt. I'm like, Oh, I went to high school with Rob Howitt. And he's like, where's he from? And I'm like, well, I'm just, that's where I went to high school. <laughs> this has to be, I got that's gotta be that guy. So it was really funny that, uh, to come full circle here. Um, 
I wasn't a jerk, was I? <laughs> we'll talk about that after. <laughs> That's no. <it>. yes. <laughs> no, we can meditate on that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, I work on my affirmations now. I will be a better person. I will be a nicer person. No, it's all good. Um, so, so what's the best way for people to, to reach out and learn more about the program, learn more about you guys? Great question. So we have a Facebook page, The Mind Body Melt. YouTube is a great way just to get to know us and see, you know, what you think about the program, what you think about the exercises, um, tons of workouts on there. Like I said, meditations, affirmations. The channel keeps growing. Um, we have a, lot, a new segment called Motoring, The Mind Body Melt. So people might be wondering why we're in a car. Um, almost any podcast you see, they're in an office. They have a beautiful view of an ocean behind them. They have a green screen, um, whatever it might be. So two parts. One is we're always traveling and training and we want to be as authentic as possible. So why would we do it in a gym when we are in a car um, all the time? So we had clients on different sides of town. We met in the middle and they were filming. But on our, uh, our motoring segment, it's great. It's just a lot of fitness advice, practical, but also a lot of nuanced things um, just based off all our experience. Uh, I've been doing this for eight years now. You've been doing it for a total of 10, 11, 10. So we have about 20 years of experience overall. And you just learn so many subtle nuances of looking and feeling your best that we just wanted to share everything we know. Um, because we feel like most people that come to us are just either misinformed, have been misguided, or have just had really terrible experiences. And just changing their viewpoint slightly, opening up their eyes has made a major difference um, overall. So we have the motor with the mind body melt. And then on our website, we have the six week program, the at home workouts for seven ninety nine a month. And uh, we also have <laughs> so many things. Uh, we also have our book, the mind body melt. It's uh, twelve ninety nine on Amazon, three ninety nine on Kindle. And interesting, actually, we wanted to talk a little bit about this too. Um, and for your listeners who have, goals and dreams that they're chasing and the power of focus so we wrote this book it came out in 2017 and we're very proud of it we put a lot of work into it and the main goal the whole time was just to you know help as many people as possible really just achieve their goals and look and feel their best and it came out and we were very happy and we did two book signings at barnes and noble had a great experience met a lot of cool people surreal moment to actually sign a book and realize how poor your handwriting is as you <laughs> uh, handed somebody a book. And then, you know, life kind of got in the way and um, we started working on a bunch of side projects and we kind of lost our focus for a little while. And we're trying to do, you know, this program and that program, work on a second book and um, reach out to these people. And, you know, when you're working on something and you're proud of it and you have a focus and a goal, try to limit and, uh, limit the side distractions you have going on. Um, we're finally coming back now full circle uh, to the book. And this is our main focus for 2019, um, promoting this as much as possible, just so people can understand how they can transform their lives. So if any of your listeners out there have a goal um, they're working on, the power of focus and not losing it is essential because we blinked. Uh, this came out in 2017, it's 2019 almost. Two years flies by mm -hmm. so fast. Um, so the power of focus is definitely essential. Yeah, I concur with that too. And I concur that we 
actually, ironically enough, started to give the book a little bit of short shrift. I'd have people approach me and say, I have the book. Can you sign it for me? And I'd be like, okay, sure, whatever. It was almost like, uh, you know, my illegitimate child that I didn't want to talk about. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why, what compelled us to be that way because, and we had this conversation not too long ago where we sat down and we said, you know what? we should embrace this and be proud of it. This is something that we accomplished. I mean, we'd sit down at, at the Starbucks at five o'clock in the morning and just churn out content. And when you, when you do write a book for anybody who is an aspiring author, it's not easy when it comes down to it. You, you, you have to put in the time. You have to put in the time when no one else is looking at it. No one is singing your platitudes or your praises you're there with the, the, the barista who's like yelling at you uh, <laughs> while you're writing. We had this wonderful woman at the, at the uh, local uh, Starbucks who would yell at us in the morning. And that gave, us emo uh, that gave us inspiration because she was yelling at us in a funny way, but she was so high energy and everybody else around her was just kind of like morbid and just mm, half asleep. And she always came with this enthusiasm and that really inspired us. And I'm like, if she can bring this to her job every day, why can't we bring it to what we're mm -hmm. doing as well? And, um, to, to kind of finish on that note, I mean, we are really proud of the book and I think that we're really kind of refocusing this year as being, um, the, the year that we want the book to break out, we want people to see it because we really feel like it is important and essential. Um, I hadn't read the book actually for a while. I was on a plane ride and I thought, okay, I have two hours to kill. So, oh, I have the book. And I started to read it and I said to myself, you know, this is really good actually. <laughs> this is really good information. I'm like, I can't believe we wrote this. It's like, we're two knuckleheads and we wrote this book. This is unbelievable. So, I think it's got a lot of good information in it. My mother-in-law even looked at it and she goes, it's really easy to read. And that's exactly what I wanted to hear. Mm -hmm. It's easy to read. It, there's not a lot of gobbledygook in it. It's, it's really real about real life and it's mm -hmm. about real life applications and practical information that anybody can use. Cool. A awesome. simple, straightforward solution. It's just, it's an easy read. Um, you can read it in a day or two. Mm -hmm. And we kind of cut out the fluff just because you want the information here it is, and then go do it. Because um, the real power is in the action. Yeah. Well, again, if you're talking about high-intensity workouts, you got a high-intensity book. It, it, right. It's not full of filler, and we don't want you to lose all your time doing this. Yeah. Cool. Let's Makes get sense. to it. Let's do it. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, you know, as we are, 2018 is winding down, whenever you're listening to this episode. Um, so great tips for your fitness, for your health, for your, for your mind, for the inner game, the outer game. And it's all there with the mind body melt um, while you're dreaming of a, a panini or whatever it might be. <laughs> you, know, you, can, you can create new dreams for yourself, uh, be it, you know, fitness or be it writing a book and, and getting out there yourself. So um, I love what you guys are doing. And, Read the uh, book and eat a panini. No, no, <laughs> no you don't want to no, do that. No. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one commandment against, right? <laughs> Awesome. So wherever people are listening to this, um, in, in the show notes on realmenfeel.org or at thegoodmenproject.com, we'll have links to the book, links to all the various channels and social media outlets for the Mind Body Melt. Make it easy to uh, make it even easier to, to reach out and find these guys. And, and again, you don't. So I, I, so you, I know you guys are based in Massachusetts. Is that where your clientele is for in-person stuff? Yes, sir. Yes. Okay, great. So if you're not in Massachusetts, you can get the book, you can get the video program. And, and get yourself into shape, again, mind, body, and spirit. Absolutely. Help it all together. Cool. Correct. 
and and I do look forward to you opening some sort of fast food. You know, we got to get in there. So. <laughs> back to that. It all circles back to that, right? Yeah. yeah. Underlying theme of melting, melting cool. cheese. Mm, <laughs> awesome so i want to thank you again dan thanks again rob and uh thanks for everyone listening to us wherever it is uh if you can do a share a like a comment we'd love to hear from you visit us at uh, realmanfield.org check us out on facebook send us some feedback and we'll talk to you again soon be well everybody thanks, thanks andy appreciate, appreciate it. it have a nice day bye-bye thank you for listening to real men feel reach out to us at Learn more about Andy Grant at theandygrant.com. Until next time, visit realmenfeel.org or the Real Men Feel Facebook group and share what you thought of this episode. Please give this podcast a review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you are discovering Real Men Feel. Visit goodmenproject.com for more of the conversations no one else is having. Is your prostate waking you up more often than your alarm clock? The fact is, the older you get, the more likely you'll have prostate problems, which can affect your everyday life. That's where Prostate Complete by Real Health comes in. Prostate Complete is the result of 20 years of experience as a leader in men's health. The powerful formula in Prostate Complete supports natural prostate function and reduced urinary urges for a better quality of life. Available at Walmart. Visit prostateoneperday.com for special offers. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.